All right, welcome to the Voices of Generation X. I'm Bars. He's Pilkey. We got Ryan over there. Snake, as we like to call him, right? Is that your nickname, Snake. Ryan? Yep. Snake. Very nice. Did you know that uh, I was listening to the Tom Brady podcast? I know that's bad news to say as a Buffalo Bills fan. Pretty good stuff. But uh, his producer, his name's Snake, too. Did you know that? Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Must be a common theme there. I don't know what, Some... what to make of it. but <laughs> right. well, uh, just kind of kick it. Snake. Oh, you know what? He has some pretty good stuff. I mean, all the hatred we have as Buffalo Bills fans, not really hatred, just more of just, it's no, probably it's more of us. No, yeah. no. hatred. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, his success, yeah, oh, is yeah. unbelievable. And some of his words of wisdom are pretty good. But uh, listening to podcasts, for example, like what we're doing right here with the voices of Generation X, uh, voices of Gen X, um, just talking about the fact that I listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot of different um, voices, a lot of different points of view. And we're kind of going to dive into, in this podcast, the communication side of things, how you get your information, what you believe in, all that sort of thing. And I think what we can kick off with is all of us were kind of having on a little text chain. It was about a week ago, there was this accident at the Peace Bridge. And immediately, I'm on my phone. I'm getting information from Fox News, from CNN, from you know, MSNBC, all this different stuff, and trying to figure out what's going on. I'm not there, right? And then I hear a terrorist attack. Then I hear this. And it's it's amazing to me, after being decades in the communication business, to try to filter out what is exactly happening. Who are the voices you listen to? Who are the people that you can trust? And as I'm texting you, you're kind of coming back with a different point of view. So the communication aspect in our life right now is you're trying to filter things in, but there's so much out there that can just... I mean, really just confused the heck out of you. Yeah, you know, we were discussing before we got on today, you know, the idea of why was there such a knee-jerk reaction to automatically, because it's on the Peace Bridge, which is where, you know, all of us are from, Buffalo, New York, and, you know, yep. you're, you're where you are, and we're sitting here, and we're watching our local news, who's on the site, and the guy that actually saw the car fly you know, and into the air and stuff was painting a really different picture. Like it was a horrible accident rather than uh, an intentional thing, you know? And, but you brought up being in, you know, in the, the city that you're in, that you, you, you found out it's this and I'm going, yeah, we're just, but we're getting different stuff, you know? And I don't even think on the national news, they were listening to our local reporters because, no. you know, and, and then the guy, the FBI here, now there's really no indication you know, but then they went to Homeland Security and we were talking about, you know, what has happened to us to get us to this state of reaction. That's automatically yeah. terrorism, right? Because of what it's on, the location, the fact that it's international border, right? It's, you know, it's a lot of stuff going into that. But what's the kind of trauma that is happening to all of us? You know, and, and how are we communicating it? Like this knee-jerk reaction. There's no one in the national media on the ground floor ver verifying or validating what's going on. And even <laughs> people of Congress are jumping to, you know, oh, look at this. This is how sa unsafe our country is. And, you know, we've had one incident in New York State, you know, in, in, in you know, 2000, 
and won, but we also had guys like Timothy McVeigh from our backyard. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's in our region because unfortunately in our state and from our area, certain things have, have occurred that have been not just national news, but world news events. And, you know, the, so this one was a little, was a little, you know, wow. You know, I, I understand it with, with Israel and Hamas and how all of us are on fire, but we, we have to take a greater look at our communications process here, our media, as you were talking about earlier. So I think that's where we should start this today is kind of take your, your, your insight here as to how, you know, from your years of experience where like you've mentioned right. in the past podcasts, where 9-11's occurring while you're on the desk in Chicago. Of course, you guys are thinking, well, if they're going to hit the Twin Towers and, and they've got multiple things that, you know, the Sears Tower at the time, as you said, it was right. called. You know, I think today, let me ask you this. You as a broadcaster, when you're getting information, that's significant of information, a terrorist attack, right? You know, the right. Boston, you know, the Boston shooters, all this yep. you know, that yep. type of stuff happens, right? But when you when you put it in the middle of two countries, now it becomes, you know, uh, an explosion of information. As a journalist, right? How do you respond when you see the absolute having to walk back all of those speculative ideas that took over our national media, our information? I mean, what's your take on that? Well, I can just I'll give you one good example, right? So if you're going to go back to September 11th, that's, we didn't have access to the information we have now. Right. I mean, we didn't have our phones, so we were sitting on the desk and you just have a wire. So we don't know really what's going on unless what the AP wire is feeding in and they're getting their information from, you know, government sources or whomever, right. The FAA. See, that's, you're trying to figure out, you just, the information you're getting is just coming from one source. Really? Now it's different because it comes from a whole bunch of different sources. So let's take 9-11. When that plane was went down in Pennsylvania, we knew there was one more plane out there. We didn't know, you know, we knew the one hit the Pentagon, um, the two hit the World Trade Center, and there was one more plane that we were trying to figure out where it was going. And in Chicago at the time, sitting on a desk, we thought, let's get people down. You know, Sears Tower would be a likely source. So it would be a symbol of Chicago, a big building, right? So that was our information before it went down in Pennsylvania. Now let's fast forward to, I'll give you a good example, the whole uh, uh, Jussie Smollett, right? Story that happened in Chicago. Um, Obviously triggers a lot of race and there's a lot of things involved in it and politics and et cetera. But I was on the desk in Indianapolis when this was happening and it happened live and I just lost my life. But anyway, Um, so the information was coming in. Now I'm working with producers. Now you have access to a a wide variety of information, right? From all over the place. And this information was coming in and I'm seeing he was beat up and, you know, so I start going through his Instagram account. I see that he's been like stranded in New York for several hours. Then I know Chicago very well, having lived there for a majority of my life. And where he was in Streeterville, I knew that it was negative 30 degrees out. I mean, who's out walking around at two or three in the morning going to get, you know, a Subway sandwich. You've probably seen the David Chappelle thing on it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the producer who was 26, 27 years old is writing it as fact. 
this is what happened. This is how you do it. And that information, and I'm on the desk while this is happening. And I've got my own computer now. And I'm sitting there looking at his Instagram saying that he's been delayed, delayed, delayed out of New York. I'm like, this doesn't add up. None of this makes any sense. So as the script is being written and I'm reading it off the teleprompter, I'm like, no, 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 I'm changing all of this because you, what you are saying now in telling people is this is fact. Mm -hmm. And you saw how the whole world reacted. You know, mm -hmm. you had the vice yep. president of the United States reacting and saying, oh, this is another racist attack and stuff without anybody verifying any of the facts of what it is actually labeled. going on. Yes. And it, it was very frustrating to me because you're just you're making some sort of racist attack. You're 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 I mean, it's you've just destroyed. Now, we come to find out that it was all a big lie, of course. But if you just added up what was going on at the time and you had a little bit of intelligence and you looked at it from a point of view, you'd be like, before I report this, I probably should do a little investigating. Little fact and the problem. Yeah. And so our problem right now with our media and our communication is the fact that everyone is just trying to get a click. Everyone is just trying to throw it onto the air to get somebody to watch. Everybody's just trying to get ratings and it's destroying the industry, as you can see, because people will make things up now just to, to get that. Well, and I think that continues to go seemingly to the core of what we talk about here. And that is, you know, communication and competition, right? And maybe just maybe, uh, you know, the plausibility is, is that the technology is caught up to our fear. You know, our what used to happen when a newspaper would come out, you know, and maybe it would be a story in the olden days of Jack the Ripper. Right. And it was uh, everybody in the world read that read the newspaper back then. Or when you talk about the speed of information and the how fast people are punched in the face by this amount of information that's coming in. You know, you're in, you're inundated because what do you do? Well, it's like if somebody screams fire, you know, or if there's a fight in a bar or you've seen the you've seen the, the, the huge things when a bomb goes off or when somebody shoots down into the crowd in Las Vegas. You know, everybody's right. living their life. And then all of a sudden they're, you know, they're slapped in the face with this fish of information. And the and, and it I think what we were discussing earlier is that there are certain states of thinking and I think we're in one that kind of goes along with some of the, a lot of the things that I teach. And I think it's at the core of it. We were mentioning it that I think there's like concussed states of consciousness. And when I mean concussed, I mean, yeah, explain that a little bit. I want to know overly, overly connected with by traumatic truth, right? Overly just pounded into submission. So not, not necessarily getting your head hit. No, but no. Actual. I mean, I mean, in a literal, in a literal and figurative way at the same time, we are suffering not from like, a, like I'm abused. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the, the process of information, taking in the amount of information is so overwhelming at times to the central nervous system, not to the person It may manifest into how a person reacts and responds. But as far as the communications process of taking in information, processing the information, then, then, then putting communication out, I think we kind of are, I, I don't want to say we're, we're dug in or we're in a foxhole of this type of thinking, uh, you know, but maybe we are to the point where we've heard that everybody's evil, 
you know, you're right, you're too right, you're too left, you know, there's no one down the middle, no one's standing up. But we're also living in a world that's, that's, it's probably as complicated as it ever has been, right? There's right. more of us, there's yeah. less war. I mean, there's less war on a scale considered population. Now, in the same which could areas, be which could be because of communication, though. I mean, people have access I mean. to that, right? The perception right. of us is so small that it's got to be terrorism, right? This happened, right. it's got to be terrorism, right? Because we've seen this story in movies, we've seen this story on national news every single night. You live in Chicago, okay? How many blocks, seriously, how many blocks of Chicago in South Chicago are make ruin it for at least the, the national perception? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right? I mean, I'm not saying yeah. it, the, it's the people. I'm not. I'm saying that there's a very serious situation like Beirut or like, you know, like the Gaza Strip. Okay. These are very public things, but not necessarily life changing for you and me or somebody else like 9 11 right. was a new york city situation that affected our entire country right this bomb goes off boom it's this is why i'm talking about concussed consciousness these bombs these little baby bombs of information attack our senses all day long whether it's you're supposed to be this you're not good enough with this you know your regular job, grind, 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 make the money, you make as much as you can, consume, consume, consume. And again, I'm over, <laughs> I'm over generalizing, but then again, I'm also respecting what process we're in. We are looking down, looking into somebody else's face, whether it was you on the nightly news on TV, right? Like we talked about the stoic white anchor. Okay. Well, oh, why is that person? Right. Yeah. Why is that person more, because it followed presidents, it mimicked leadership is you know on a military level, and it watered yeah. down into corporate, like most things do, you know. And and this is what I mean: the information has been weaponized. We're literally not having the opportunity to have. Hey, um, there is a a Bentley that was driving on the uh, Peace Bridge in Buffalo, New York. There is a fire. There is a crash. We will get you more information as we know. Right. That is all that should have been said about it, you know? Right. Because that's all that they knew. So, right. but, but then again, oh, I'll run it up the flagpole. Like you just said, of, oh, well, it's got to be this. It's, it's that gut. Like, I love that we have confidence in a lot of the things that we say in this world. But unfortunately, the verification of information is so complete and put back in our face by algorithms and everything else to keep us happy. Yeah. The internet is literally everybody getting an award. Okay? <laughs> the internet is actually everybody getting a trophy. I like that. You know, it's, it's what it is, you know, and you're going here going, look at me, I'm great. Cause this is what I believe. And these guys, these crazy people or these normal people or these scientists or you know, pseudoscience all agree with me. You know, it, it, it's, it's not supposed to be that you can be agreed with and be right. There's certain things that we do that are so messed up. And we have to remember that that was a man driving a Bentley with his wife going to a, a rock and roll show. Okay. That's all it was. 
I don't know right. how the guy died, but all of a sudden, this rich dude driving a Bentley is his name is all over the place. You know, it's sad that they right. passed away. It's horrible. Right. But we have to scale the scalability of tragedy and the way we respond to, to stuff is is completely out of whack. And that's what I talk about our concussed consciousness. We're so battered and bruised and bullied and and, and you know. You can be an alpha and feel bullied. You can be, you know, everybody's everybody's claiming victimization right now. Everybody. But you yes. know what? there's real <laughs> victims. There's real victims. You know, we're not the first people in our lives to lose jobs in our mid 50s. OK, that's happened down the ages. Youth is always going to catch up with somebody in our age unless we stay on our feet and we stay what? Competitive. That's mm-hmm. it. Are you ready to compete again? Yeah, because you're doing something like this. You know, this is like Ryan was talking. You know, Ryan's got things he's got to do in his life to go, you know, you know, fight and champion people. You know, this is what we're talking about. What drives you? You know, because if a simple car accident could lead to a national, you know, crapping their pants on the on the internet, on our news, there's something wrong. But I can't look at the news and go that journalism is dead. I won't do that because I'm a journalist. I've, I've done that in my life. And I know that right. we just got to get back to what it is. Right. Right. We well, it's, to. it's, it's, it's changed. I mean, it's, yeah. Uh, I mean, when we were growing up, I feel like the old man, you know, get off my lawn here, but of course uh, when we were growing up. We didn't get the information until like the afternoon paper would come. Right. I mean, I remember delivering it. I was a paper boy when I was little, I mean, you'd get, the afternoon paper would come, dad would come home from work, you know, fix a martini, uh, sit down, watch the evening news, read the paper. We'd all discuss it over the dinner table. Things have changed now. Like you can just see with uh, the, as soon as that thing happened on the Peace Bridge, I get an alert on my phone. Yeah. So from several alerts, and then I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I'm not there. So I've just got to go to places that I feel like I rely on but I also don't rely on everybody because I know how the media works. I know how it works on a national level. And if you're not there, I'll give you an example. When I did the weather for Good Morning America, right? And I see them doing it now. And you'll see a weather forecast and we say, hey, uh, we're getting a, a squall. We're going to get a huge snowstorm in Buffalo, New York, right? And where is that meteorologist broadcasting from? the Hudson river up, uh, you know, in Nyack or something, you know, right outside of New York city. It's like, you're not there. So anything you say to me right now, I don't believe a word of it. It's like, what's going on with, uh, let's, let's break it down with Israel and Hamas. You know, I mean, I don't, I can only rely on the people that are on the ground, but then again, who's getting access? Who are they seeing these things? Like show me, like prove to me. I know that's, I mean, you don't want to be that way, but I, I, I like, I want to believe you. I want to see the information. And it, the only way I can believe it is if I get accurate information from somebody who's there. Well, and I think that what you just said is you were dealing with a multi-layered issue here. Yeah. Number one, when you received certain kinds of education in your life, like if you went to high school K through 12 and, you know, if you were a blue collar town, your newspaper wrote in a blue collar voice. You go to New York right. City, the difference between the Washington Post, the New York Times, 
everybody has a launching point of perspective. And right. you show, you gravitate to, you know, like they do now, Fox News, CNN, BBC, what, whatever, people, Newsmax, whatever people are defaulting to as their source of information, it's, it's too intrusive. You know, who the hell is this technology to alert you of anything? You know what I mean? <laughs> I know you probably set it up for that, but the idea that we have to stop our world to look at this thing, we used to have to wait. It would come by decree. It would come by horse, right? <laughs> you know, back in the day, you know, if you lived on the West Coast and the and your mom died and the Pony Express took a month and a half to get, guess what? She's been buried in Potter's Field. Not a damn thing you're going to do about it, right? Nothing. <laughs> you know, here's, here's the money and here's what you had left. She left you $100, you know, whatever. Um, right. But but I think that what we're looking at now is the technology and the information. I keep coming back to this, not because it's, I don't think there's anything evil in it. I don't, I think it's our next opposition. I think we are creating our next competition because I think the technology is getting smart enough to replicate or mimic yeah. us like we mimicked our parents like we mimicked our friends. The mm -hmm. technology learns exactly the same way or is trying to the way that we do. Now we're right. programming it, so it already has its in, implicit <laughs> bias. It already has its its outcomes, which is to what prof, profit from right. likes and keeping you online. Very simple. It's a popularity contest. That's all it is. And that's right. what it's been reduced to, you know? The people that weren't popular in the past usually had some pretty damn good insight. Why? You know why? Because they were they were probably forced to you know be more intrinsic, you know, or, or work on what they're really great at. What they got you know picked on about, whether it was big brain or music or whatever, you know. But the, the variety of people this was so much more. Um, we were aware of it. I think mm -hmm. I think a lot of people when we were growing up, people were also overly ostracized by their individuality too because right. when you can't understand it you make fun of it to keep it in check well i think that's what's happening to us now in a, in a very real way is that we have individual views each one of us but in order to keep us all on the same page <laughs> we have to share the same fear we have to share the same fear hence be conditioned to have the same reactions. And I think that that's really like the only thing is that scares me about like some of the not scares, but like, I really, I really value journalism. I, I value um, people that take the time to really do the best that they can to corroborate. And I understand that it's a speed game, but I would much rather have some real information like you're talking about like the local news, you know? Right. It's, you know, you might have a person on there that is not the prettiest person in the world, but you know what? Right. They have a dogged sense of truth and they're going to get you the story. That level of commitment over every other thing is what I want to trust in a person, not just a news media representative, you know, but I want a yeah. real person. I want a real person to if, the, if you know like you were saying earlier if there's a person sitting there 
and they're wearing a helmet and there's shells going off over their head. Guess what? I'm convinced that they have a passion for reporting because they're not there with a gun. They're not there with a gun. They're not there to shoot anybody and they're getting shot at that right there. Reporting under fire is what made journalism what it is today. Yep. The covering of world war two, the Ernie pile, the embedded journalists, right? Yep. I want people embedded in the truth, so to speak. Right. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. that that is an attitude that we've lost. We, we're, we're so far away from the actual pain of something that we think we have the perspective. Oh, well, we've seen this a thousand times. It must be this, you know? Right. And, and I think that that's kind of where we're, we're sitting right now is like, what do we do? I mean, do we just keep letting this go? Or do we as individuals have to start saying, okay, I'm not a critical thinker right now. I'm being told what to think. I read a meme and then I go express it as a fact. Right. Or I see a 10 second TikTok and then I I get my husband or boyfriend or both to dance with me because <laughs> it's gonna get me likes and money and money. Right. Right. right? We've been we've been beaten down to such a degree by the information overflow that I think we're just like we got our hands up, but we're we're sitting in that corner and we're out on our feet. And I right. think so, like when we talk about something going off like we saw on the Peace Bridge, you know, it was tragic, but it wasn't terrorism, you know? That's right. Well, I think it's it's also a generational thing, you know. I mean once again, getting back to the growing up, and we had three anchors basically watched every night to get the information. And it came at the end of the evening in a half hour, right? It was called World News. And they did a good job of making sure they had seasoned people on there. Um, I can remember meeting Peter Jennings for the first time when I was at ABC. And Arnott Walker, and both of them have passed away since, but was his press secretary. And he was giving me a tour of his office, and we're walking around, and I'm seeing – Yasser Arafat and Gorbachev and all these like world leaders. He's got pictures of him sitting down interviewing him, like a little two shot, right? And I just turned to to Arnott and was like, "Man, I'm like, this guy is like bigger than the president." And he turned to me and he said, "Mike, he goes, he elects the president." And that right there, and that was I can tell you that was in 1992, maybe. That was eye opening to me as far as how the media is covering things. And then when I got to the network and worked there, I kind of saw the messaging and what they were doing and how they, how they put a message out there. They, they want people to watch. That's the main thing. Well, that's, that's a really great point now because we, we talk about the scalability. Okay. Like you were, you were there where you saw three anchors, three. Right. That's like a priest reading to an audience that can't read the Bible. (laughs) Okay. I mean, now you've taken that model of whatever that was, that power base, and everybody's mimicking it and replicating it to where we know the power of propaganda, right? We we know it. I mean, you know, I've studied World War II and, you know, I, I don't know why I was always supposed to study the rise of Nazi Germany and, and all the things that went along with it. I was, it was terrifying to me. I couldn't believe, and I I watched everything because I had to understand 
how Hitler, okay. I don't know why right. I needed to know that back in no, the day. No, I think it's a, it is fascinating. It's like, how could that happen? Right. right. Well, yeah. it's, it's, it, we create, we get so lazy. We get so, when we're tired, the thing is keep them down, keep them down, keep them in a concussed state of consciousness. So there's no clarity. There's no common ground. You know, I mean, how many friends have been lost? over the pandemic and because of the political male. I was just going to say, yeah, country, I was going right? to say COVID right there is a fine it's, example. It's right. we've, we're living in some really unique times that we have to stop reacting crazy about. We need to look at the practical nature of what situation are we really in? If we're not okay, it, we're not weak, man. We're not weak by not being okay, but we got to figure out how to be okay. So we can be okay and reliable. Right. Right. If you're going to be a if you're going to be a a fighter, a competitor, you're going to be a communicator of important information. You you may screw up in different parts of your life, but you better have integrity at that point of contact. You know, and I think that's what we're talking about here is the integrity of truth. It does exist. You know, there's a lot of people that like I heard I heard something today. I thought it was a really, really genuine observation of the 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 problem and maybe you can even call it the terror in our truth the terror in our truth that we're talking about today like this oh it's a terrorist attack we're probably still a little flinchy in new york state from yeah. 23 years ago right i mean let's be honest 9 11 we've talked about this but we're talking about the scalability of trauma and how it affects truth how it affects communication how it affects competition right we're right. all, I mean, I'm, I'm, I talked to a kid six foot six and I'm jumping around a little bit, but I'll promise you I'll bring it back to point six foot six, 330 pound kid. Do you want to come and play college football? No, I have no desire. I'm done competing. I'm burned out. Kid played two years and he's burned out. That's fine. I'm just saying I've, I'm seeing more and more and more kids right. quit. Just not even compete. Just there's so many things that they see. There's so many things that they are distracted by, right? In the communication. All, and I'm not just talking news. I'm talking right. TikTok, what, whatever it is out there, right. eight hours a day, right? And again, I don't think it's a bad thing. I just don't think we've prepared ourselves to deal with this new technology. I think we're driving right. cars without license. I think we're, I think we're right. driving tanks without training. You know, that's <laughs> the level that we're talking about here. This this technology is not, it is not a friend. It is not an asset yet. It is a distraction. And, yeah. and I think that because so many people are trying to hit you through the same medium, but it's the same process of communication. It's still the same archaic form of symbolic communication. But when people can jump that, harness it, Look at, and, and it's made it really impossible. Look at what ISIS did. ISIS grew because of their, they had some brilliant PR people. PR people, brilliant, right. Brilliant multimedia. I mean, the imagery, the brutality. Oh right. my, I mean, come on. They removed every nuance of humanity and said, this is what we're going, this is what we do. And for a while there, man, they they occupied dozens of nations you know right i mean right hundreds of thousands of people coming from all over the world to join this 
whatever the heck that was. You know, well, and then people and then people buying into it because they're not smart enough or didn't understand. It's a, that's a generational thing too, because the the need to be popular is more important now. I think for the younger generation than it is for our generation. We don't really, I mean, don't really give a shit personally. You know, like popularity is not important. Doing the right thing, accountability, being able to, you know, have character and stand up for that for those things you believe in. I mean, I would never go on the air with a story that I didn't like. You know, you probably heard this in journalism. It's like uh, if your mom says she loves you, get a second source. You know, you always <laughs> you always want to, you know, do your best to convey up to date knowledge that's accurate and the information is not BS. And so just going back to the Peace Bridge thing, when I'm saying it, it's like, I don't know. I don't know who to believe. You know, I don't know what's what's right and wrong. I might just put my phone down and just be like. I'll just, I don't know who, like, I'll call you, I'll text you, I'll text Ryan. You guys are there in Buffalo. What's going on? You know, yeah. that's, and that's, that to me is now the information is that it's coming from, we're all in a way journalists. Well, we're, we're all in a way also completely uninformed of yes. what's going, really going on in the world. And, you know, like we talk about, what's another, what's a bigger problem, you know, perceptively that, you know, if we're really looking at, the messages, the constant, constant, constant. And I want to say fear mongering from all sides, right? right? Because fear is the great, it's not sex. Oh yeah. It's fear. Fear yep. is easily the most dominant mutual experience of every single person that's alive and dying today. And it's also the driver of all news stories. Absolutely. You know? Because yeah. it's not really information. It's, our brain is so saturated with sugar, with, you know, arsenic of information. You know, it's, it's either all too good to believe or right. it's so horrific. It's unbelievable. You know right. what I mean? And, and that, that is messing us up because as individual human beings, that's not how we learn. Right. It circumvents the way we literally learn. And that takes time. This biological system, it takes time. But what doesn't take time is our fight or flight or lay down and curl up in a ball and quit. That is at our base self. And that's all this storytelling is about. It's how do we right. get to that alligator brain and make it roar, right? That's all this is about. So when we talk about, is there a problem with journalism? No, it's a problem with profit. It's a problem with getting likes. It's a problem right. with the vanity of information, you know? Right. And, and when you look at this stuff, it's, we talked about it. It's all entertainment, all of it. And it's yes. reporting on the most tragic things that are going on in our lives, you know? Um, so, I mean, I think it's, a, it's an interesting place where we are and you know to to have the the technology that we do to have access to information the way we do uh it's almost to the point where there's just too much of it and right. as you said you said at the very beginning the problem is is that it's loaded with stuff it's got preservatives and that's people's opinions people's perspectives rather than at six o'clock this car went through the drive, went through and was checked out by security. No red flags. Then the car 
went at an exceeding rate of speed, jumped the pylon, and fell into a building. Mm-hmm. That's it. No, Two right? people were dead. That doesn't you know? sell. I mean, right. that's it doesn't sell. But that's the truth. You know what I mean? People want to know what the truth is. This is the truth. Do I know what right. they were saying to each other in the car? No. But the truth is, the guy got through one of the hardest gates in the world to get through, to get on the Peace Bridge, right. and then he launches a $150,000 Bentley because he's a terrorist. I mean, you know, when you add that crap to it, it that's when it's sellable. It was a right. Bentley. They were on to see Kiss. Right. You know, all of this. <laughs> I mean, who cares? The guy's dead. Right. You know, but that's yeah. that's what I think, you know, people try to look for truth. I think they have to look in the step by step. Then you interpret that because it's got to right. be almost as base as it, as it is. That's what the truth is. The truth is base. Right. Based on well, I mean, I got to tell you, like, that's why I love sports. Or I used to love sports more because since we've got the social media now, it's like every failure. I think it was FDR that said he would pick up the uh, sports section first because it speaks a man's success. Yep. And then read the front page later because it speaks to man's failures. Um, it's kind of true now, and and the, and it's it's awful infiltrated the sports world in the sense that now you know every negative thing about everybody's personal life except for like I just want to watch a game, you know. I want to watch you guys play, and quite frankly, you know, you're you're getting paid to you know do. Now, your personal life comes into it. We're seeing that with some players there in Buffalo right now. And when that comes into play, now it affects who you are as a person. And now you're judged. And even if it's accurate or not accurate, um, I don't know. I'm getting, I'm getting off on a tangent. Well, no, I mean, I think it's interesting that you say this because, you know, you know, and again, but on the other end of it, if you're a, if you're a program like Buffalo, and I live in Buffalo, right. I love Buffalo, but this isn't the guy's first go-round with this stuff. Right. You know what I mean? I think that yep. what you're saying, Mike, is a huge deal because when you do go back to the integrity and you do yes. go back to what we do, look at the, the transfer portal in Division One football. This oh. is, this is, I'm just saying, these things are all coming down to what? The same thing. Profitability. Every single thing that was a standard that got us through that was our society and our civilization to sustain it's not democracy that's just you know in question in our country right now uh you know right and left or whatever it's it's not Mm -hmm. women's rights that's just in question right now it's every single solitary thing that we have ever thought was good about us we don't have the ability to go you know what i think this is good about me but these are some of the areas where i really don't know and maybe i need some work to get to understand other people a little bit better. I'm not going to change who I am unless I'm changed by what I learn, by what I allow myself to learn, not being told what I should be listening to and doing. This is the problem. Everybody thinks they have the answer for everybody else. We don't. (laughs) We don't. We we get around a campfire and we tell the same bullshit stories. This, This technology is a campfire in a cave, literally, you know? And we're sitting here going, oh, a car crashed on the Peace Bridge. Terrorism. Holy crap, man. Come on. 
You know, no, Buffalonians going, you know, the guy was probably shit based coming back from the Canadian ballet. Who, who knows? You know, I mean, the Canadian, the Canadian yeah, ballet. You no, know, back in the eighties, like we're talking. Yeah. And maybe I'm, I'm, maybe I'm like you said, I'm, I'm not the guy on the lawn, but I'm definitely somebody who's still trying to open my scope and not be just a caveman. Like I was brought up to be right. Right. And, yep. and that's my job. That's your job as yep. a, as a person, you don't have to do any of this shit. But if you knee-jerk react to every bit of news, not you, but the world around you, where you start repeating it, and you become the proliferation, you're no less than the media that you are. So when you say journalist, I would say more propagandist. I would say that yeah. you know, you're not coming from a place of observation and, and, and uh, digging in and asking questions and, and not, curious. not having answers. You right. don't know what the hell you're talking about. None of us do, right. Right. unless you know what you do, and what, unless you know what you know. But we're at a point right now where you can still say what you got to say, but we got to be able to go where we haven't gone before. And that's right. the point of our podcast is like, you're not getting into trouble because you said something in Buffalo. Here I am. I'm a football guy. I love the Buffalo Bills, but I'm also married to a person that's in domestic violence counseling. And I, right. I don't get to hear anything, but I know that it's such a horrible form of abuse and total power and control that the right. person that is now saying, at least from, again, the things that I've heard that one, right. That's the whole thing. One person went to the police today. The other person that was the victim said, there's nothing to see here. Well, guess what? That is exactly what happens if a person is in the poorest part of Buffalo or they have a palatial estate in Dallas, Texas or wherever right. the heck this thing took place. Right. And, yep. and that's, that's the thing we learn is that it doesn't matter what house you live in. It doesn't matter what car you drive or what the color your skin is. There's abuse, there's victimization, there's fear. It happens amongst every race, creed and color and sexual orientation. And right. that's because trauma doesn't isn't prejudiced it's not racist it just is you know what i mean it's not sexist it just is but we're the ones that i mean you, you talk about terrorism on on the bridge you know you might talk about some guy who had too much to drink and he goes and backhands his girl you know or you're talking about somebody filming somebody when they're at their weakest moment and laughing about it and putting it up on tiktok just so i mean the inhumanity is always there that's yeah. the fight. That's the fight. And if we could just listen to somebody, oh, a tragic accident happened on the Peace Bridge. It would be the third or fourth line down 25 years ago. No one would have said anything about it. Nothing. Right. No, no, I, no. I agree. Nothing would have been said about it at all. That's so I sure. think it's the, I think we're all at a rev pace that, you know, and we're, we're revving with fear. We're revving with anger. And, uh, you know, I just think that, We've got to be able to take a step, not back, but through and kind of get through this phase and start reestablishing things in, in spite of. That's what I want to do. That's what I think we're doing with this podcast. Right. I'm, uh, I agree. You know, I agree. You know right. <laughs> right. But no, I agree. I think that's what we're trying to do is to not say we know. I think we're having some loose conversations about some real critical issues that are affecting all of us. You know, well, I think we're like, just having conversations about the fact that some of the experiences we've had and how 
we can look at it now and say, okay, I can kind of see how that's coming. But I mean, all this new technology just thrown at you so fast. It's just a short period of time. Yeah. I totally agree with you. When you, when you see that happen, you go, and it's coming from everywhere. I mean, it's, I mean, I'm on my phone right now. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and this is, this is something that we can either sit back and go, you know, ah, look at, look at the state of the world, or we can go, wait a minute. There's almost 8 billion of us. There's less war. There's per capita, less crime, less violent crime. Yeah. There's some crazy things going on. hundred percent, man, hundred percent. But there always has been, there always has been. It's just now brought to light. And there always will be because people are unique. And, and, and people are unique in how they take in information, how they experience the world. And sometimes that world is so freaking awful on people. But once they become, once they go from being a victim to victimizing other people, F you. You know what I mean? Right. Then there's no right. room for human forgiveness, at least in my book. But there's, we should be able to get back, not back away, but kind of like, I, mean, I always go, bring ourselves through it. You know, champion each other along yep. the way. You know, and I and I think that's what we're trying to do here. Um, you know, I think that when I hear you and I talk to Ryan and maybe I hopefully when you guys, you know, hear what I'm trying to say, that maybe it, it just doesn't it doesn't change who you are, but it adds value to how your perspectives may be formed. Right. Because there's right. three differing opinions here and there's eight billion different people in the world. So. Right we're not even drilling down into what's actually going on because for the most part, we don't know. And, and that's the truth of our life. That's, we don't, we just, we presume, well, it's business, it's success, it's winning. No, this is what we've, when we built this whole thing to keep us ourselves alive longer, rather than just living a couple years, then dying or not making it at all as a species, right? This is all illusion. And we have to re- realize that we're the ones that make it real. So if we're the ones that make it real, then we might need to make some real adjustments to how we utilize technology. Because I, yep. think, I think the blatant lack of accountability, I don't think that journalism has lost its accountability. I think that journalism applied to an application of technology does not mean it's communication does not mean it's truthful transaction because that stuff takes visceral time, not virtual information. So I don't think journalism has been watered down. I think there's not enough journalists to report the amount of information that we have access to now. And with that being like the that. case, like you were talking about, there might have been three guys that manned the desk in, when you were coming up. But now right. it's three million, right? Everybody's right. got an opinion, and if and you're who, saying the right thing, who do you believe? Right, right. You if you don't. align with my right, right. You, you you don't. You just go. Oh, that's a bit of information. You believe right. who you are. You're fine, because nothing that anyone tells you should change who you are. Rather than oh, this bit of information, I got to learn more about that because I am completely. I'm so, uneducated when it comes to that. You got to be able to say all that. that. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think yeah. that if we can, that we can take ourselves a little bit, little less seriously and realize we don't know half of what we pretend we know. And 
we may not have the reaction that we're having, or we can un we can put the pin back in the hand grenade, so to speak, right? I think we can walk walk through this and go, God, like like disco. That was a terrible, <laughs> terrible time in human history. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh my God, 70s fashions. Dear Lord. You know, painting your coming house back, man. Clean. Coming back. Let's go. Let's come <laughs> bring it back. Yeah. Bring it back. But, Simple. But, but I, I think on a on a on a good note, you know, I think it's interesting that we start with a little bit of in, misinformation in uh in on the rainbow bridge, you know, caught in the middle of between two countries right smack dab right down the, the 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 road from niagara falls itself right you know and how lucky are we to have a neighbor north that's pretty peaceful that we have bridges that can get people back and forth with commerce that we have a national uh treasure in our own backyard those are the things that you know that we're doing okay right right but now we got to, we got to, re- I think we just have to start rebuilding the trust, not only in ourselves, but the critical sensor that we need to say, okay, I can't take in any more information. This is what I know. I don't know this. I don't know this, but I don't want to study it. Fine. But if I do, I'm going to learn something about myself and how I can interact with people down the road. You know? And that's a good place to end it. I like that. Yeah. Just interact. That's sure. uh, put the phone down. Talk to your neighbor, find out what's going on with everybody's life. We kind of help things out a little bit as well. All right, Pilkey, thanks so much. Ryan, you've been quiet over there. Uh, we'll get your thoughts on it coming up. <laughs> Maybe another podcast. That'd be for sure. So um, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. I guess cue the music and we'll talk next week, man. Huh?